So at Canadian Music Week, I had the opportunity to uh, finally meet face-to-face with a lot of people that I have uh, known of, uh, a lot of my clients had worked with, and it was just kind of great to finally put a face to the name and to realize that we have so much in common when it comes to the development of artists. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with producer, hitmaker, and just all-around good dude, Andre Caden Black. This is a conversation we had that I want you to pay very close attention to. Enjoy. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, TV talent shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal, to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content out to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm super excited. Uh, As most of you know, if you listen to the last two podcasts, if you haven't, go back in and do so. As I was at Canadian Music Week, and right away when I got there, this this dude shows up with, uh, with his little man bun, kind of style and the skinny jeans. And I'm like, okay, he's famous. He's somebody. And he's like, bro, I love your podcast. And I'm like, who are you? And he says, I'm Andre Caden Black. I'm like, great. Who are you? And he goes, we'll talk later. Uh, So we ended up hooking up uh, later on and getting a chance to chat. And it's funny because here's how small the world it is. I was also there to meet with Max Parker and his family about doing some coaching through Fraser Hill. Uh, big fan of Jade. I worked with Jade on the shot. I worked with Jade on the launch. And when I go to your website to hear some of your current productions, holy crap, there they are. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself first and foremost, and then I want to figure out how the heck you found me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario. I've been in the music industry a long time. I was really lucky to start at an extremely early age. Um, with major representation through Christmas management at like 17 years old. Um, and that was the same time he signed Nelly Furtado. So things were going really well for him. That was a big deal in the city. Um, and we were able to kind of ride that wave with the management company. We ended up getting a deal with L.A. Reed with Arista BMG when it, it, uh, when it existed. From there, I ended up playing in a couple of the bands. I had a record deal in Asia. I did some great tours with like Alicia Keys and One Republic. From there... I started, I joined Fifi Dobson's band for her comeback or when she did Stutter and Ghost um, back in the day. Uh, did that for a couple of years and then started writing with artists and still working with Chris Smith. I helped, I helped develop with a team, Francesco Yates, um, who's now doing some really cool stuff. Love and, Francesco. Talk about hair. Holy yeah, crap. Right, right? Yeah, exactly. And then from there, um, I joined a writing team with the bass player from RLDPs and we wrote for Sony ATV. 
And since then, we've just kind of been, I've been developing artists and just, you know, helping young people grow and, and stuff like that. So and that's what I love to do is development and production. So. And how did you find me? You know what? Uh, through Teresa, um, the vocal coach. Yeah, Cirillo. Yeah, last year she's like, you know, you need to check Rick out. He's a great podcaster. And this was at Canadian Music Week. And, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And then, you know, I, I'm a big Gary Vee fan, as we both kind of spoke. So I listened to a lot of his podcasts. And I was going through music business podcasts, and I came across yours. And I just got listening to it. And I do listen to a lot of music business podcasts, but I really enjoyed yours. So, um, you know, it just the information is just it's simple, but it's very important. Whereas a lot of people get into a lot of technical things that don't really matter when it comes to the actual, you know, the actual art of making your brand stronger. So, got it. Got and, it. and I like listening to your voice. It sounds really <laughs> radio esque, you know, that's, that, that's the only way that's, you know, I did radio for 15 years and everybody goes, do you miss radio? I said, I I'm on twice a week. You know, it's my way to kind of continue to stay in it. Quick question. I mean, you've gone through the transitions. Like you said, you've been doing this a long time. Why do you think a lot of artists are still hesitant to realize that there's this whole slew of tools that are ready for them and they're still just kind of sitting out there waiting for somebody to come along that's going to do it all for them? Yeah, I think I don't I just don't know if they really understand it and, and are told about it. I don't think there's a lot of outlets out there that like, I think a lot of it has to do with fear. I think fear of, you know, success is a problem, I think, with with young people um, because it is intimidating. I mean, you know, and, and as much as you'd want to do music for a living, getting yourself out there, you have to make sure you're secure with yourself and you're, you know, there's no ego. And so I think there's a lot of mind stuff that goes on with being an artist and um, and not knowing what to do, I think. You know, yeah, I, 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 you know, in the beginning of all of my programs, it always starts with a video on mindset. There's always this thing. And it's like, sometimes I sit back and, and I look at how I approach people and sometimes, and, and I, and I question myself, I'm like, am I coming across as a dream killer? You know, it's like, cause Hey, there's still a chance someone will find you. You could have zero following. They fall in love with what you're doing and they put you on their label and they release a single, but the way that that movie ends, and I've seen it happen over and over is as they put you out and nothing happens, there's no sales, there's no engagement, then you get dropped. And that's what I'm really trying to stress to people is like, look, it's not hard to get a record deal. It's hard to keep it. And I don't know any record company who's ever dropped an artist for making money or selling too many records. It's like a lot of times you'll hear the stories of, Oh, I just wasn't a priority. Well, you weren't a priority for, a specific reason. There was no reason to rush you out because you had no audience. So switch roles for a second. So former artist, now producer, now developer. Let's say you and I meet for the first time, you hear my music, you like, tell me what your conversation with me is going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. Like first thing I would like to understand your long-term and short-term goals. I think that's super important. A lot of people don't know what they want out of music. So I think writing down what you want. Do you want to be a touring musician or do you want to be a really strong brand? Like, what do you want out of music? That's the first thing I'd probably ask an artist, you know? What do, what do we do based on the answer? So if I said to you, so a lot of times I'll give you an example. Someone will sit in my office and I'll always ask them, hey, what's your goals? I want to sell out arenas. 
That's always like one of the top five answers I get. I said, great, what that's go what is that going to take? They're gonna like a hit song. And I said, No, you can't fill an arena with hit songs. You fill right. an or an arena with people. You know, so those hit songs will help build those people. So if I come to you and say, Andre, I wanna be a touring artist, yep. then what's the next step? So first thing I wanna see what their socials look like, what their number game is like. Um, it's really important to see how much content they're putting out there, what the content is. I think, you know, obviously the strength of their music is important to see where they're at, the quality, um, the photos, just kind of what do I get? What are my eyes seeing when I'm looking at a brand for the first time? Do I, am I sold on this? Right. Or does it need work? Where are we here in the game? So I think that's really important. Um, and one thing to go back to what you were saying about labels, um, and I have never met Taylor, but I've heard stories about how relentless she was in regards to success. And I feel like, you know, like I've heard stories about her having a freaking notebook and writing every single name down in this notebook that the person that she met and she would just, you know, obsess over, you know, the business. And I think that not a lot of artists, young artists out there nowadays are obsessed enough. They're okay with success, but even on a label, you have to be obsessed. If you're not pulling your own ship on a label, you're going to get missed because the ones that are are going to be in front of you. And that's why you don't get priorities because you're not pushing Right. I love, I love that. And yes, it was true. She really focused a lot on the business. I tell people from 12 to 16, she was focusing on her craft. She got signed to a development deal at Sony music. She didn't feel they were doing anything for her. She was doing the writing. She was setting it up. So she asked out of the deal. Some people would have been like, Oh my gosh, she walked away from a record deal. It wasn't exactly. record deals, not the right thing for every person. And if you don't feel you're getting anything out of that, don't be afraid to leave, especially today, because you have all the resources to get your music out to the world, to connect with your fans, you know, to get your videos out, you know, all the things that you felt you needed a label for. Right now, I think a lot of times artist egos still get in the way. Yeah. And I just went through an experience with an artist that was fantastic. I'm glad she was able to get signed. I'm, I hate to say this because it's going to sound so weird. I'm glad she got to realize that it's not everything that's cracked up to be because now at this young age, she can put that part behind her and say, okay, now let me go change the world. Let me go make a difference in the world right now. I've experienced it. Yes, it was great to say this, but man, it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's a different time out there. It really is. Back in the day, you had no choice but to get a record deal for people to hear your stuff internationally. Nowadays, you don't, you don't even need a record, a record company. You, if you have the budget and you have the team, you can do it yourself. 100%. It's, it's funny you brought up Francesco earlier because I had a long conversation with him. I knew somebody. Uh, we had a mutual acquaintance. She sent him to me. I talked to him. I talked to his management company. And I gave them a bunch of advice. And I didn't hear from him for like a year. And then after that all fell apart, he sends me a text and he goes, I wish I would have listened to you a year ago. And now he gets it and he understands it. But here's the thing that I want all of you to understand is that because of the way the business is structured today, you get multiple opportunities at this, you know, unless you just go out and absolutely put videos out there and piss off the world. The good news is no one knows who you are. There's 7 billion people in the world, you know, and, and, crap, 6 billion of them are online. Every day people are coming on. It's like sometimes you guys stress over the wrong things. It's like, you know what, learn from your mistakes. 
but don't keep making the mistakes over and over and over again. What's one of the biggest mistakes or a couple that you see artists continue to make over and over again, that if you could just get them inside of a room and sit down with them and shut the door and wouldn't have to be politically correct, what would you want to say to them? What are those mistakes and what would you want to say to them? Yeah, there's many mistakes. I think the, the first mistake is not having not having a stream of income as a young artist. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of them are working part time and this and that. And when I was young, I had three jobs, and if I could fit a fourth, I would just to pay right. for the record, you know. And I didn't care because my okay, brain. Let's stop. Well, hold on. Let's stop this conversation right now. You're Canadian, right? Yes. Okay, so you just weren't sitting around waiting for the grants or the next grants or the grants rider. You were actually doing work and investing your own money into things? Yeah, we were getting the grants. Like we got a $50,000 grant from um, Factor. We were one of the first bands in the 90s to get it. But it didn't matter. There was so many more. It was so expensive to be in a band back, right. back then. You know, so, so you were expensive. investing in yourself? Oh, I, I was up until... I still am today. Yeah. You know okay, I, mean? I just wanted these other artists to hear that because so often people will say... Well, I have to wait for the grant to come in. And I'm like, you, you're breathing, right? You have exactly. a I'm like, okay, cool. I'll talk to you in a half a year. You know? Okay, so so that's, that. that's what I love. Multiple yeah. streams of income. Even if you have to create them, it's like, whoever's told artists that, by the way, you can't get a job or multiple jobs if you want to be able to do this. They all think that I'm a starving artist. I, if I, you know, and I do not like that term at all. So get back uh, to you. Multiple streams of income. I love that. What next? So number one, multiple streams of income. Number two is getting going to places like Canadian Music Week. Not enough people like go to these conferences or go to these writing camps. Like these conferences and writing camps should be so hard to get into that you would have to book it months ahead of time. But but you know, I'm so surprised at these. Young artists, even, you know, when telling them, like, look, even if you can't afford the ticket, just go into the lobby and hang out for a little while. That's, that's a big trick that a lot of people talk about. And, and, they, and they don't do it. I, I don't know. It just, it just boggles my mind sometimes. So that it doesn't bother. It doesn't boggle mine because that's the difference. You, you, if you told Jay-Z, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Shawn Mendes, you know, Justin Bieber, Drake, hey, you have an opportunity to go meet influential people. They're going to go. That's the difference between superstars and just artists. It's work ethic. It's priority. It's understanding that this is a business. You know, yep. it's like, I mean, Jay-Z's businessman quote. Yeah, you know? exactly. I love it. So I like that you're saying that because it's another thing, too, is that it's if there was an opportunity, that would be one thing. If there wasn't this abundance of knowledge that's out there, whether it be podcast or free books or whatever, that would be one thing. Yeah. For someone to fail today with the resources that are around them, either one, your music sucks, or two, you suck because yeah. you're not using the tools that are out there and available to That's you. Right. And you know what? Think it takes time. Like, yeah, in your mind, you're not going to be an overnight success. Like, your numbers aren't going to explode overnight. They're going to grow slowly. And if you're constantly putting out good content, it will grow. And can I just add a third thing to the things that? Absolutely, you can add as many things as you I, want. I love this. So at Canadian Music Week, I'm meeting all these young artists, and I've actually came across this a few times. But these young artists hoping to get some sort of a relationship by working for the companies, guys, like. Just because you work for a label doesn't mean you're going to get noticed by a label. If that, if your main goal uh, is to be, you know, a full-time artist or a touring musician, 
working, working for a company that's involved in the business and getting paid next to nothing doing it or, or whatever, but, you know, you can meet some people, but I just, I don't think that's the right avenue to go. If you want to be a successful artist, you know, you know, you're better off getting a job that pays stacks of money, getting that money and then hiring up someone who knows what they're doing or a team around you to start putting out these things. So these labels can notice you. Well, and here's another thing too, is that right now labels are looking for reasons to say no, because it is so crowded out there. So let's say you do get that job with the label and you do get the attention of the A&R person. You guys happen to have conversation and they say to you, Hey, great. What's your website? I want to go hear your music. And you're like, and they go to your website and it looks amateurish or they go to your Spotify channel and you've got 11 monthly followers. You know, if you are not set up properly, it's like sometimes we have to make sure that we're in a position to make that first impression last because that's sometimes that's all we get right now. And I always tell people it's like, and you're in the same position. We can open a lot of doors, but once you get in the door, you're on your own. And if we're going to open a door for you, our responsibility as people who are involved in artist development is to make sure that we know, because we know the next questions they're going to ask. If they meet you, they're going to say, great, what's your, what's your numbers like? Can I hear your music online? Well, I haven't really put music online yet. Ain't gone. Yeah. That was your opportunity. You got the job to meet the guy or you say things like, well, I haven't really recorded anything yet. Cause I'm waiting, <laughs> waiting for what? Yeah. Yeah. Wait Again, for what? The planet I mean, yeah, and I, that's where the fear I think comes in. There, they're afraid to kind of put things out in public to be judged and stuff like that. Deep inside, I mean, obviously it's different for every artist, but I think a lot of them have that insecurity. Like, I'm waiting for the right time. Waiting, waiting, waiting. You know? Yeah. Wow. You know, like that you're waiting. Someone with less talent, who's more organized and takes this more serious, is getting your opportunity. And you guys, they're, they're your opportunities. And you have to think of it like this. This is my opportunity. What am I going to do to grasp this opportunity and take full advantage of it? It's also, too, working with people that you trust that will tell you you're just not there yet. But let me help get you there. You know, there's a lot of people, and there was a lot of panels I went to that all talked about a problem, but I didn't leave with a solution. You know, and a lot of that's because you got seven people on a panel that's 45 minutes long, so it's hard to get to the solutions. Yeah, but... If you're willing, it's like when, when we sit here and we tell you things, we're not saying it just to say it. We're, we're saying it because if we're going to invest our time in you, and now let me explain something. Even though you may pay us, we're still investing in you. Okay. So don't think that, well, I, I'm paying him. So no, 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 no. All money is not the right money. It's like, I don't care how great your money seems to be and that, it, you know, I can put it in my bank. If you're not doing the work and it's frustrating us and I'm then I just move on to the next artist. So once we agree that we're going to work together, you need to find people in your lives that can identify the problem and take you to the solution and then hold you accountable for you to get the solution. I always tell people my job is to guide you to the answers. It's not to give you all the answers. I don't serve you properly if I'm the one with all the knowledge. You know, it's like if I can guide you and take you to that knowledge. Uh, I had people there, I had made an offer uh, at CMW because everyone was talking about the US dollar versus the Canadian dollar. And I said, look, you've got the opportunity to work with me for $100 a month. And four people took me up on that opportunity. There were over 200 people in the room that I was speaking at. 
four people took me up on it but they'll go and buy a three thousand dollar guitar that they don't know how to play and be okay with that but somebody like me comes along and or they'll go to a vocal coach that charges them you know three hundred dollars an hour and they'll go twice a month or they'll go to a guitar lesson pay a hundred dollars an hour three times a month or whatever but the knowledge guy comes along and says hey for a hundred dollars a month you get access to me and you also get to ask me questions four or five times a month and they're like wow you know it's like so yeah i kind of laugh sometimes yeah absolutely i mean this we were even talking on the panel that i was on um you know talent versus worth work ethic yep you know work ethic will win every single time you know and, and i just I want to like give a shake to some of these artists and say, you've got an amazing voice. You've got some talent. Like you should be obsessed. Like I was obsessed. I put everything in front of music. I, you know, everything I would even, you know, tell my relationship straight up when I was young punk kid, I was just like, look, just to let you know, like music is known first. That's my number one thing. And, you know, looking back, I was so obsessed, but I wouldn't be sit sitting here if I wasn't, you know, and, well, and I was going to say, look at where you're at now. What's wow. even, What's even better, I was at the panel that you were on with Jermaine Dupree, and Jermaine said something because what happened is, is all of you had talked about mentors and the mentality that the artist gets in their head is that if they're, if, if they're physically not working with someone and that person's not giving their advice to them, they're not being mentored by them. And Jermaine said, I have been mentored by many people who I've never physically met. They just didn't want or been in the same room with, learn from their mistakes. It's like, I always tell people, it's like, I'm mentored by people. I'm mentored by Tony Robbins. And all I did was give Tony $2,000 to be a part of this program. But I learned from him. I watch him. I've been, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars being mentored by people that I've never physically touched them, shaking their hand, gave them a right. hug, said, thank you. I don't get on them on a weekly basis. So what would you suggest to artists, a couple places that they should start looking to get advice and guidance. If they physically aren't living in a music hub, can't physically get a big time producer or even a, a working producer to give them access. Do you have any places that they can go get information? I'm going to give a couple that I have, but do you have anything that you like to go to or what are, I mean, hell, you found me on a podcast. What books are you reading? What podcasts? Which events are you going to where they can get this kind of stuff? Yeah, honestly, this goes just goes back to the whole conference thing. You know, um, well, first of all, your podcast is fantastic. So if you're already listening to this, good job. Um, moving on, I think conferences are really important. There's at least two or three a year. There's Canadian Music Week. You need to be at that. Indie Week. You need to be at that. And it's the same. It's mostly the same local people who are going to these these conferences Getting in touch with SOCAN, doing writing camps, I think is super important. Now, for those of you listening to this that aren't in Canada, that's a PRO, a performance rights organization. So if you're listening to this to Europe, find the, the, the panels and find the different conferences that are in your area. If you're in the U.S., we've got DIY Musician Conference. We got the ASCAP Week. We got stuff like that. So uh, keep going. But no, I, you know, but going back to the whole mentor thing, you know, it's important to have one because what my mentor did was raise my standards of quality. And I think that's one thing that YouTube can't do. A screen cannot tell you, talk to you back and tell you, look, like you need to improve this. And he was very, very hard on us. Very extremely hard on us. Very um, old school. And if it wasn't for that training, 
you know, I don't think I would have the level of standard that I do. So, you know, working with those types of people, you know, it's good producing your own stuff, but at the same time, you got, if you're not a producer and you have no experience, you shouldn't really be dabbling in your own music. Um, and producing it if you're really serious about getting to that next level because there are... Let me jump in there too because here's what you guys need to understand is a lot of you are trying to do things just to save money. Go learn a DAW. Go on YouTube and learn how to use logic and things like that. But that's what you then walk into the producer and say, hey, this is what I'm going for. This is what I'm trying to do because you can do guitar, vocal, you know, stuff to build your audience and to get it going. But if you want to compete at that next level. Now, let me explain what competing at that next level means. Putting your music on Spotify and trying to get on these playlists. It's not competing at the label level because right now when, you know, Rap Caviar decides to throw you on, you better sound right in between Drake and right in between Logic. And if you don't, and it's going to be hard for you to get that sound yourself because they're working with the best producers in the world. You know, not everyone's going to be Pharrell. You know, not everyone's going to be able to be the artist, the producer, you know, the, the Bruno Mars. The, those are those are unicorns. You yeah. know, that doesn't happen that often. Not every person is going to wake up and go, hey, I'm Ryan Tedder. You know? Exactly. And you don't need to use a Pharrell and you don't need to use a producer like that. But if you're going to be working with someone, make sure they have some major label credits. Make sure they have they've done what you're looking to do already. That's a big one. You know, if you're working, if you really are serious about doing something, it's great to have a team and you may have a couple in there that are, that are newbies. That's great. But you got to have a couple of guys that have done guys or girls that have done what you're trying to do already and that know what the steps would be for that. Well, and also too, is I don't even think you need to hold them to the standard of having major label hits because right now it's like, you know, you've got what 50, 60, 70, 80 songs that are currently on big playlist. It's like, to me, the big playlist is the label factor. I think that's where you're kind of measuring yourself right now, because here's the thing too, just so you guys know from two guys that are in on the label side, they have their favorites. Uh, There's a certain amount of guys that keep getting all the work. Doesn't necessarily mean they're the best. It means they're the ones getting all the work. There are guys right now, you know, some of you may have never heard of Andre, but you go and listen to his stuff and you're like, holy shit, this stuff's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of guys like that that are out there. You guys are just wanting Pharrell and Ryan Tedder. And what I meant by Pharrell and Ryan Tedder is those are people that are artists, that are also producers, that are also hit songwriters. That's a that's a unicorn. You know, there's not a lot of those guys out there that can do it all. And they've been doing it for decades, by the way. Oh, my so gosh. Yeah. You know, you know, Pharrell's been doing it since the 90s, man. So, you know. It's a great business, man. It's a great time to be in the business. Oh, it's the best time to be in the business right now with, with everything that we have and the fact that social media is out there and it's free and it exists. You know, it's fantastic. Who are you excited about right now? Tell me some of the things you're working on, who you're excited about that we should keep an eye out for. Well, I think a lot of people are uh, talking about one of the artists that we're working with named Christy Palace. She's made a pretty big splash at CMW this year. Uh, she won the Jim Beam Indie Awards. She actually won an award, which is great. So... Um, that, you know, that whole journey from, from, uh, April to now has been absolutely great. Um, you know, another band that we've been working with is called Black Collar Union. They've got new stuff coming out. They're a little bit heavier. Um, there's lots of artists that we're launching this year. It's going to be super fun. Good. Well, you guys, I'll make sure that you're able to uh, check them out. You can follow them, uh, on Instagram. 
uh, at Andre Caden Black. That's Caden with a K A N D R E K A D E N B L A C K. Uh, we'll also make sure that you got a link to check out his website and things like that. Man, I appreciate it. I love these kind of conversations. I love solutions, people. Uh, I love the fact that you know you you go to your website and you're seeing artists in all shapes and sizes and genres and. Uh, a yeah. good music person is a good music person. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, any parting words, anything you want to say before we get off this? Um, you know what? Just anyone out there that has any questions for myself, just reach out to, to me. Just shoot me a DM. I'm not fancy. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ignore your message. Um, I'll get to it when I can. But, you know, and also a big pat on the back. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, keep tuning in because there's a lot of valuable information here. So just make sure you're using it. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking your time and uh, we will hit each other back here soon. Looking forward to doing some, uh, some work together in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you found value, please subscribe. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please share. Also, I would love if we could follow each other on socials. Just follow me on whatever platform you use. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rick Barker Music. Message me that you listen to the podcast, and I will follow you back. Until next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there.